Hey there, Max. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. Well, I, I guess that means it's uh, time for another episode of the Pretty Okay Podcast. Is that right? Yeah, let's start the show. All right, let's do it. All right, all right. Uh, so as, as you can tell, we have a, a slightly different staffing uh, this week, slightly different resources, as people are wont to say. Max, you are, you are joining from the great, the, well, the mediocre northeast of the, the United States. The great white States. north. That's right. That's, we don't call it that anymore. Uh, and, then, and then Kevin, you're, you're joining me from the uh, very mediocre uh, but Amazon mid-Atlantic, right? Uh, yes, HQ2. Site, HQ, site number two. I guess it's like HQ. I don't know. What's uh, two divided 1. by 5. three? Yeah, but no, because it's because we've also got Nashville, so it's like twenty five, twenty five, and then yeah. six, which is like yeah. So very confusing times we and they've live named in. it what King's Landing? Is that right? King's King's Landing actually. <laughs> Bezos's and, Landing. Yeah. So uh, there will be dragons, I believe, um, and. I don't know. It's it's a very this this whole Amazon thing was was a very competitive time, and it it really got my spirits up for this competitive time of year. And Kevin, I think you've been following somewhat closely another competitive uh, thing that's been going on all all over the internet. I've been seeing it. Correct? Yeah. So they they say there's there's nothing like Game Seven. Yeah, and so today we just had Game Seven of the World Chess Championship. Yeah, it was uh, uh, like a four-hour draw, yeah. as were the other six games of the series so far. <laughs> so it's, they've gone seven games, and they're they're uh, they've they've uh, gotten to a stalemate all time every time. Yeah, so today we're we're going to talk about chess, but I think that there is a much larger conversation than than just the the chess going on right now, which which we will get into. But as far as as far as the combatants go, uh, Max, I, I think you noted uh, their names earlier. We have some really good names in this matchup. Am I correct? Oh, I'm not. I don't know who's who's playing. There, well, there is one American. I, I yeah. typically only follow like the college chess championships. I don't really follow the pros. I'm not into. Uh, it. Oh yeah, because you're you're really into amateur sports. I understand. That's right. Yeah. Well, we got we got Magnus. From from Norway, Magnus Carlsen, which is I feel like the Nor Norwegian equivalent of John Smith as a name or something, but I appreciate Probably. it. And then we have a, a Fabiano who may or may not be related to Rick Pitino. He's an American. So. Oh, I guess you'd keep that in the dark right now. Probably, uh, yeah. Fabiano Caru- Caruana is the the number two in the world, and I believe yes, Magnus Carlsen is a three time defending champion of the world chess championships. And I just, I mean, off the top, this guy's won it three three years in a row, and this must be good because he has now tied every game with this this other grandmaster, which is a word that I I've learned is is what you refer to these chess champions mm-hmm. as. Uh, you know, maybe. Maybe you both have watched this before, but I've never watched a competitive chess match. Uh, you know, Max, have you ever dabbled in that besides maybe watching for searching for Bobby Fischer or whatever at one point in your life? No. No? Yeah, well, it, these matches can last 
like seven hours. I don't think you you generally watch them. From from me dabbling in the World Chess Championship this year, from what I can tell, most people you don't you don't like get a camera into their their room where they're actually playing. But yeah. someone like is uploading the board as they're playing online, and then mm-hmm. there's all these. Uh, analysis websites that just yes. run all the supercomputer numbers and say like, oh, this would be the best move for this player to do next, and here's who has the uh, like mathematical advantage throughout the game. So that's bas- that's kind of how you watch it. But I, I heard that yesterday's match, um, which looked like someone almost almost was going to win. Uh, I think the headline was "Chess World Rattled" as someone almost wins a game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that actually got to be the the top spot on Twitch yesterday. So I guess that's a big deal these days. Top spot on Twitch, Twitch for the the maybe un, but, yeah, unbaptized is yeah, and it's just like these guys talk like they have like the the uploaded board overlay and they're just like talking about because uh, I don't know they, they they theoretically know how to play chess. You know, it doesn't make much sense to me, but uh, yeah. So I mean, on that note, I saw a because everything is made better when it's done on the internet, right? Um, I saw a Twitter message from a uh, yeah from a fella. I think it was the, the article you you mentioned, which Chess World rattled is someone nearly wins game, which is uh, was on uh, five thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy. and oh. it's it just as with anything else, there's community on the internet of these people who are are following something, and it, it really is augmented by the internet. But you also get the vitriol and the trolls, and uh, this is from a guy at Dave Hill 77 David Hill, I guess. He, he must know stuff. Um, but he goes, I quote, Lots of wood pushers on Twitter and Twitch are complaining about draws, but this game is fascinating, and I think we're about to see some brilliant chess in the next handful of moves. The result of the game has nothing to do with the challenge the players had. So, I mean, there are two things in that. First of all, wood pushers is a really great put down. Um, that's going to be, might be my word of the year. Um, and the other thing is, you know, are there any other sports where a draw can be this captivating? Uh, the first it, one I think of is is probably soccer. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, that because that's that's a big complaint that soccer purists will mm-hmm. uh, they have to hear from uh, us Americans all the time is yeah. like, oh, I, like these these draws are so stupid. Like, you know, get a winner out of the game, have this seven hour baseball game that goes into up to three a.m. because that's what we like. But yeah. uh, that's the first one that comes to my mind. I'm sure that there are. Um, other examples that I can't think of. Um, I mean, Max, I think that if we compare it to soccer and, and draws there, ties, whatever you want to call them, um, the thing is, is if you're watching a soccer match, you you can see the chances. Any layman can see the chances that they missed or whatever. With chess, it, you know, and it, I think both of you have played more than I have, but can you really see those chances when you're watching a board? Like, oh, you know, he had the opportunity to, to really put it to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Kevin can probably speak to this from, from watching chess, but I, I would say that you probably can. And, and the closest thing I can relate it to is watching professional League of Legends, um, which for those of you who aren't familiar, is a, a video game, a 5v5 video game. And I went to the uh, North American Championships, and that's the kind of thing where if you went, Pierce, you would probably have no idea what was going on and, and say, how can anyone know, you know, what's a good play or not? But, you know, if you're familiar with the game, I, I don't... You get to a point where it's almost natural that you can kind of tell what should or should not be uh, happening, even if you're not at that level, maybe. 
I think that with chess, it's a bit different because you can you can look at a, a board and see when when you're watching high level chess, you can look and you can see like, oh, here's what's what's going on now, but. What you're seeing is probably what they were thinking about an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> like the, you are. They're thinking ahead, whereas you are looking and seeing what what is uh, the state of the board as it is uh, as it is then. So, um, I think it is. It's a bit harder to appreciate. Uh, you know, when you see it when you see a good run in soccer. You, you know, it's it's yeah. easy because you know it's a real time thing where again chess is kind of planning ahead uh, and. Yeah, and I mean, I think that or basketball or a lot of some of those we could maybe call them more active active sports. Even even something like League of Legends, and I may be wrong. I've watched a little bit when some of you have been playing, but a lot of that is reactionary in the moment. And Kevin, as you mentioned, this is you got to see way ahead, and it finally comes together. Like I don't know, you, you remember it halftime basketball games? It would be that guy who has the spinning painting, and he starts painting, and you're like. What is that? What is that? And then oh, you finally see it like, way, way late. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I think yesterday, I think in the during the game when it got to the closing stages, uh, the supercomputers found like, oh, uh, that uh, Fabiano had a guaranteed checkmate, but it was thirty moves. It was a thirty move pattern, and you know he just didn't see it in real time. So. Yeah. Or real time, or you know, chess time, whatever the the time limits they have in the during the championship. So, and you mentioned the computers, and that's that's something I wanted to to get to, and you know, we can get to now. And I'm trying to find who was uh, quoted as as saying it, but um, the what I saw was that. Um, Given the advent of computers, and we all, I mean, I remember Deep Blue beating Gary Kasparov, but this this idea of these computers that know what the right move is, um, is, is like, uh, the quote was, playing against a phantom. And we mentioned soccer, or, or even League of Legends, or, or baseball, or football, whatever it is. Um, just the nature of that game, I, there's not a right move as much as you have something like this, where there are a set of pieces, um, there are a set of variables, and they can and they have rules for how they move. And so from that, and, and you know how the opponents, the, the same rules and pieces and how they can play. And so as far as continuing to watch and being captivated by these six draws, or even if it had been three wins and three losses, or whatever it is, does... Do you think that sports like this, where this and Go have been determined by computers, how how you can win and, and what are the winning moves are, are, do we lose something from those games because of that? Uh, I I think so. I I think from a if again I'm not a chess spectator, mm-hmm. but I've kind of just been hopping on this internet bandwagon for <laughs> a couple of weeks. But I think it, it's much less interesting knowing that when you're watching the you know these human players, you you'll you, you kind of watch to see oh how perfect are they from the numbers and you only kind of you only notice when they don't make the perfect move. Yeah. I think when I was reading a summary of of the the series so far, it was they're talking about uh, you know Magnus and they're like you know he hasn't we don't we don't think we should be calling because uh, he almost lost game six. Like we don't think we should be calling them mistakes or, or really like even slip ups. They're more of just like imperfections. 
And that seems like a very bizarre way to, to, you know, analyze a sport that humans are playing. But because computers can solve the board better than humans, it's t- you know, once you kind of go there, I don't really know how else you can think of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, Max, I would really pose the the same question and and maybe ask slightly differently, which is we're we're measuring against perfect, and is that really what anybody wants? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think that it would definitely take away from the spectate spectating experience if if. Yeah, the only thing you're waiting for is them to almost make mistakes rather than make good plays. Yeah, I, I think that it's still useful to have humans play against each other and to celebrate the best human chess player. Yeah. Brafame, oh, this is an interesting... It's interesting to watch how this game unfolded. That's That, to me, seems not very not very fun. Because yeah, again, it's oh, we know that you know, they they didn't make the best move here. Yeah, and I also saw it mentioned. I think there is an assumption now that because one computer or a couple computers did this, beat beat humans, human grandmasters in in chess, or uh, the best Go player in the world. Which my understanding is that was even more impressive because of the just the number of moves. Yeah, that was go. pretty recent, right? Yeah, it was pretty recent, and now you know they're training computers to beat Go. But I saw it point out, which is someone had to build those computers and figure out how they were going to work. And we talk about I think machine learning in a way like, oh, it just it just does it. Like, but there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of human ingenuity. And maybe one thing we're not doing is not appreciating the humans that go into this as well I, I think i've had a discussion with you both before about machine learning and you were so at least one of you was dismissive of it but there are humans behind this and those i mean we read this article at 538 and they have you know a twitch and they're showing the boards it's like well someone is putting together that analysis um so that you can enjoy it as a you know maybe not an expert on chess but someone who's curious yeah i i like to think about the the work that goes and the ingenuity that goes behind the algorithms they use for these things the the downside of it is it, it's you know once you break it you break it then, yeah. you know there, there's there's no going back because you can always like oh like you know how how much better can humans get but then once you kind of yeah once you break it then the, the computer should just better i mean you can still make better uh chess algorithms like there, it's not like it's a completely solved game it's just like the computers can look ahead at a very uh high number of moves and you know. well not to mention it it seems that uh it seems that the the players themselves are using these computers to to get get better at at their chess playing and, and for training and learning and and so it's I mean, it's it's not that much different from going to drinking Gatorade to drinking water to now having the pre, during, and post Gatorade. This is just kind of a natural progression of sport. I think it is benefiting the humans as well because I've seen written a number of occasions that these are the best players we've ever seen, and I would think that it has to do some with this this different preparation. Yeah, they have more tools. It's yeah, but it's kind of like when you can try to compare modern athletes to. Uh, like if you compare a modern basketball player to a basketball player in, in the 70s, they, relative to the field, 
you can judge them relative to the field or you can judge them you know based on how big good of an athlete they are but most athletes today are better than even some of the top athletes from the the 70s because they just have more knowledge more preparation more Mm. technology to help them yeah uh, i mean i i think that i think that for me the uh, i i appreciate this this expanded way that people can appreciate it i i do i mean max do you think that do you think that you would be paying as much attention if not for this oh you know this analysis says that he should have been able to to execute um a checkmate if if he had only followed this what the computer said or there's that do you think you'd be interested even without that uh i mean i don't i don't know that i'm interested either way um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I certainly am probably more interested with that. Uh, for some reason, it reminds me a little bit of the kind of whole debate around, um, you know, automating the um, the umpires in, in baseball mm-hmm. for calling pitches. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not that would detract from the game. And I feel like most people say, oh, yeah, that, that would. But it's hard to kind of explain why. Um and it just kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think in general, the analysis is good. I, I like the, you know, it, it, to your point, it, it allows someone who doesn't know as much about the um, the game to have a better understanding of who's doing better. Um, yeah, and I think that one thing, and you mentioned what it take away from the game, and I initially think, oh, some umpires are known for wider strike zones, or they develop a strike zone over the game, and it becomes... You know, a pitcher has an extra duel in them, but there's also some some sympathy in it, which is is okay. So yesterday, Alabama ended up crushing the Citadel in football, but um, the the thing is, is, I'm sure they could have beaten them worse, but there is sympathy involved, and eventually they they kind of don't run up the score or whatever. And I'm sure in baseball games, as as the game goes on, the umpire kind of goes, yeah, you know, it's it's 11 to 2. I'm going to ease up and have a wider strike zone so that we can get out of here more quickly. FTV to watch. Yeah, I th- I think it's a it's it's an interesting point to bring up, but I don't think it's the same. You know, it's definitely not the same, um, the same issue. Because baseball is still, it's this, it's a... Um, it's not two people performing the same task at the, at the same time with you know perfect information of, of everything going on. With the robot with the strike zone, you're you're kind of saying we're just going to enforce what should be a very uh, a hard line or what it's uh, theoretically a hard line rule, but we're we're having humans who don't have you know the the perfect eye to to assess whether the rule is, um, you know, whether it's a ball or a strike. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in the case with the chess game, it's just, it, the, the computers are, they're put in the same exact situation that, that the human, that the humans in, except the computers can just do their calculations much faster. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I'm pro, uh, robots calling balls and strikes. For, for record, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, ultimately most games, except for like baseball are, you have your area and the other person has their area and you are trying to attack the other area while defending your area and so all these games i mean even even video games even 
RPGs in, in a good way, um, is these are games based off of this. And the way you win those games is by taking advantage of the imperfections of others. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, the conclusion I come to, which is these are no longer games if they're all made into Connect 4 because of the computers. It's like, well, there is a, because of the way this works, one person will win and the other person will lose every time because it's being played perfectly. Yeah, I think where chess gets a little different, even then, even then with games like League of Legends and, such, and stuff, is that reaction time is not... There's no, mm. there's no reaction time. Yeah. You have, I mean, there, so there is a timer in these chess games. It's not, you know, complete speed chess, and it's not take take however long. But the, yeah, I guess you could kind of, uh, you could, um, you know, spiral this into infinity. But it does. It, there is a reaction time. Like it, it involves how fast you can think, and that's why they're better at chess than we are because they can think faster than us. But it it doesn't have like an instant reaction time, and to me, I guess that feels a little different because uh, like the best, uh, for instance, with StarCraft, the you can be a really great StarCraft player, but like the best ones are able to input a ton of commands on their keyboard uh, per second, or I don't know, what, I don't know what metric they yeah. use uh, to to judge these. But chess doesn't really have that. It's just it's a you make a move, and then I have, um, you know, let's call it two minutes to make my counter move. Yeah, and so yeah, I think that 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 still makes it a bit different. I I I, I don't know. I'm interested how this plays out. I would be really fascinated. It would be fascinating to see if someone actually does win one of the matches because then the analysis takes on oh when did they lose when was it clear that they lost when did the computer recognize that this this person was going to lose versus. When did they realize it? When did it actually happen? Yeah. But until then, I think that the the literature on it is still really fascinating. But that becomes kind of a measurement for how how the analysis. Of, I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, and I, I think a, a lot of thing, uh, a lot of articles they lead with is that uh, Fabiano is the first American to compete for the title since Bobby Fischer, and. They keep talking about it, but I don't. I don't know if people really care about that because I, you know, that you know that was the whole Cold War thing, and yeah. I don't know if people really care if it's a, a Norwegian guy winning it or an American guy. I'm sure there are some people that care, but uh, yeah, I, I really don't know much about the chess community, and I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole just given the 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 use of the word wood pusher on the internet. I'm concerned that it gets very dark very quickly. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, yeah, this is just you know the latest example of the internet makes it cool to follow something for a month and then um, yeah. you know you're gonna forget about it or and, and yeah, in my case, yeah, I'm especially gonna forget about it. Like I'm not <laughs> going to become a uh, an avid chess fan, but it's it's fun to I think it's fun to tune in and celebrate the humans that are are best at this game that uh, attract smart humans to begin with I, I think it's uh it's it's fun to celebrate them oh yeah it's worth celebrating the brilliant people whether they're playing the game or the, the ones who built the computers that do the analysis i think both are worth celebrating so mm-hmm. max any any last thoughts yeah i mean i just i hope there's no um flatulence related uh <laughs> issues at the chess championships Ooh, um 
as we know that could be a problem <laughs> with the, yeah i still need to read that article about the darts but darts now there's something that is worth watching but that's that's the topic yeah i wonder what happens when they like go into the bathroom do they get like i I guess they get like strip searched before uh before going right you get like yeah that's beyond you know what i don't want to investigate right right now and i don't want to see the the analysis of it so yeah well (laughs) i think another thing noteworthy so i've been dabbling into um this this guy this 538 guy following him i also dabble into well i'm into the crossword puzzle community uh and i also kind of look into the i read about you know the scrabble champions as well and you know i think the scrabble champion wins like a couple thousand bucks and the crossword puzzle champion maybe wins like a couple thousand bucks so those aren't really prolific things to pursue being the best in the world at but uh magnus is apparently worth like uh two million so you know he can make a solid profession being the the greatest chess player in the world you know very high taxes in norway though oh uh, sure. yeah good point but um, he does get he does, his hourly rate is probably not very good but uh he does get health care though uh, for, so you know you, you can't you can't say that i can't say well we get health care but not yeah. in the same and he's gotta go to all those heavy metal concerts too though oh yeah that's right yeah actually says yeah magnus lives a good life that's what it would seem so to have your kids become grandmasters it only takes a lot of time and probably a lot of stress but that's what i got on wood pushing for the day <laughs> wow did we actually find well we don't have sean so it's not really a fair comparison but if we found a topic that we can't actually talk about for 30 minutes <laughs> we've done some good work do <laughs> we do that every week uh yeah. yeah yeah we'll just call it a night we'll pawn it over to the next topic what is the next topic you should, you um, should. I don't know. Do you feel anything you need to share with the world? Maybe, maybe something you should apologize for. Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's our favorite segment. It's uh, Pierce's sorry. Uh, what do you have yes. for us? Okay, so uh, I'm still I'm still on my European kick, and we haven't even left Germany yet. So I'm still apologizing for things <laughs> I did in Germany, and that's interesting because most of my trip was spent in Italy, which is a different place. Wow. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to the uh, Italian apologies, um, you know, mid 2019 at this rate. Yeah, I think I did pretty well in Italy, but you know, the, there was there was wine involved, so maybe I don't remember some of it. Um, so I went to this. Uh, and I and I don't remember it at the moment, but there's a in Munich. There's a pretty well known department store, and it's one of those kind of old style department stores that you walk in and they have like basically a food hall area, not unlike Harrods or, or something like that. Um, and so I go there, and it's I believe a, a Saturday, not a Sunday, because everything is closed uh, on Sundays there, and um, uh, in. And so we walk into the food hall area and they have, you know, they have a caviar place, which I did not realize how expensive caviar was and I'm never going to be able to afford any ever. Um, But they also had a really, uh, a a really cool um, cheese display. And there was a very charismatic fella who was in charge of the cheese display. And, uh... So he's he's got a couple different cheeses. He's got varying levels of softness, and he also has an apuis type cheese, which is the kind that, like, if you touch it with with a knife, it just kind of unfolds and is very smelly and runny and uh, lovely, lovely cheese. 
And in Germany, apparently, they're not very big on uh, uh, what's it called, like doing samples of things. So you have to be very nice and and kind. And so the friend that I was with, who who is who is German, um, you know, goes up and asks if we can have a, a taste, and she proceeds to have a discussion with this this very charismatic fellow um who who says something i can tell she's she's smiling and and thinks it's very funny uh and and of course, you know i don't know what's going on so this week i am apologizing for uh failing to learn the local language i really think that that's important even if you learn a little bit or just show that you want to try uh, I watched Train Spotting the other night, even if it's trying to understand what people are saying in Scotland, because it's very difficult, you know, or, or going to Italy or going to Germany. And this is the reason I'm apologizing for that is because the guy said to my friend, "Oh, is is who is this? Is is this your is this your boyfriend?" And she's like, "No, no, it's just a friend." And so he responds, and is apparently Swiss, um, so he speaks German, he speaks Italian, he speaks Swiss, he, spe- he says everything. He says, and I don't know the exact words, but I know what it translated to. Uh, he said, oh, cheese is great for that. Hope is the last thing to die. <laughs> in reference to romantic notions. And I just, I really appreciated that. And I was so sad that I didn't, I didn't get it in the moment because he said it in a foreign language. So uh, next thing that you're, you're with someone who, who you are not romantically involved in, um, just remember... If Jesus evolved, hope is the last thing to die. Um, well, that's but, magical. Yeah, except as Max mentioned earlier, don't be careful in the amount of cheese you have before doing the dart championships. Because <laughs> who knows what trouble it, it may cause? Uh, yeah. So yeah, learn learn those local languages. It, you know, you don't have to put too much work in, but it's it's fun. I did that with Italian for this trip, and it was you know really really nice. Now there's a language that I can understand a little bit and read a little bit of it keeps my mind going not quite like chess but Mm. it's all right um yeah so big idea from pop culture time uh kevin i believe you have something that we can all appreciate yeah so so pierce who do you who was the last um big 10 basketball champion uh, I mean, I think I know the answer because of what we discussed before, but was it really as far back as two, wait, two thousand, oh wait, oh, 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 I know, yeah. So this is kind of a trick question, but I believe That's... the answer is 2002 or is it 2001? Uh, well, I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was 2000 to 2001 or 2001, 2002, but the, the last big, big 10 championship is, is either Michigan State or Maryland, if you want to count Maryland, yeah. which is, is what I'm, I'm counting as the answer. Which, uh, yeah, go Big Ten basketball. but uh, and except, except Michigan State. No, please please cease to exist. And, yeah. and so you, Do you remember who the star player on that Maryland basketball team was? Uh, ooh, well, I remember that they played against... It was against Indiana, who had Jared yeah. Jeffries, who was a wizard at one point, I believe drafted by the Wizards. And then they also had another future wizard... On Maryland, um, not Lonnie Baxter, uh, it was Juan Dixon. Juan Dixon, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we should probably be careful about making fun of uh, low-level basketball programs playing uh, against Virginia. But Don't talk to uh, me about Maryland basketball. Yeah, so Juan Dixon is now coaching a school in, in Baltimore called Coppin State. And Now, Max, did you know where Coppin State was before we looked it up before the podcast? Uh, no. Would you have guessed Maryland? 
No. I've never okay. heard it referred to as uh, I was going to guess like t- Tennessee or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would have guessed Maryland just because I, I knew going into it that Juan Dixon was the coach. But yeah, so we played against them. They looked really bad. We almost <laughs> put up 100 on them, which is unbelievable. This was the most points in the Tony Bennett era. Yeah, and the 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 crowd wanted a hundred, and we didn't we didn't get there. But uh, yeah, they're right now they're ranked three hundred fiftieth on Ken Palm. Uh, but so I just you know best of luck to Juan Dixon in his restoration project of uh, Coppin State. He's he can't be he's not even forty. So you know, good good looks to him. Uh, actually, I'm I'm checking that right now. The intern, I mean, is checking that. Um, Did Chris he, Wilcox do anything in the NBA? I forget. Chris Wilcox. Uh, no, I feel like him and Lonnie Baxter. One of them was was on the Clippers for some period of time, but like the bad remember. Clippers. He he did just have a birthday in October, October ninth. Um, Juan Dixon of Baltimore uh, is forty years old. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool. Are, are there any? Uh, are there? Uh, yeah, that's such a. You know, you mentioned Michigan State, and I think of Mateen Cleaves and his smile, and I think of Maryland, and I just think of burning couches somewhere. So, sweat, Gary, sweat, sweat, Gary, sweat. That that's right. Um, Max, any fond memories of Maryland basketball circa early two thousands? Uh, no. Okay, that's that's how you should remember them. Um, yeah. So I think that's I think that's it for the day. We we really rounded out. We got chess, we got cheese, and we got. Um, crushing defeats so that's that's really how i like to do it yeah Yeah. i agree yeah max uh i guess this is the um the end of the show yeah and we should tell people where to reach us correct uh we should i think you should do that oh because i know um so you can check (laughs) us out on the internet at prettyokpod.com um we've got articles ian is always writing that music i occasionally do what i say i will do which is write things about I don't know, the world. Uh, we have the podcast, obviously, and you can check us out on iTunes or Spotify. Both both look lovely, sound lovely, increasingly good. You should, if you check us out there, um, you should share it with other people. It's about to be holiday time, and when you get tired of one another, your family, it's great to listen to other people and get annoyed by them, and that's why we're here. Um, yeah. You should also make sure that you leave us a review and rate us on iTunes so that we can get to out there to more people who will appreciate our shenanigans and, and everything else. Yeah, if you're too nervous for like a direct suggestion, you can do like the passive-aggressive thing where you, you play it in your car, the podcast, and you know that someone's going to be riding in the car with you like yeah. later, so it's going to automatically play from your phone. They'll be like, oh, what's this? And yeah. you can start talking about it, and you won't. You won't seem like you're pushing anything on them. Yeah, I th- I think we can say, um, and we can't name names, but many CEOs listen to our podcast, uh, and I say that sincerely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's really a power move, um, and uh, you know, it's just it's good stuff. Go go check us out, listen to us. Um, if you ever need to to suggest a topic, um, you know where to reach us. Uh, I forget what the email address is. I think it's it's wait it's pretty okay at gmail dot com. Um, other than that, uh, you know, like us on Facebook. Um, again, share, 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 and I, I think that's that's it for the week. Kevin, thank you for for joining us to talk about sports, which is you know what you're here for. In part. Thank you for having me. Um, until next time, I am Pierce. 
Max. All right. Bye, everybody.